Welcome to episode 20 of Dirt Track Weekly. I'm your host, Kyle Simons. Last week, we looked at Pennsylvania scheduling issues with Seals Grove and Lincoln running against each other in September. We looked at Ricky Thornton Jr. and Bobby Pierce's domination this season in dirt late models. Longhorn Chassis getting a new house car driver for the 2024 season. Matt Shepard running a super late model. And Nick Hoffman pulling double duty with the World of Outlaws late models and the Extreme Outlaw Midgets. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, you can go back in our archives and give it a listen. Following Saturday night's Quad Cities 150 at Davenport for the World of Outlaws Late Model Series, Davenport promoters Rick and Brenda Kai announced that they do not intend on returning to the Davenport Speedway located on the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds in Iowa next season. The Kai family stepped down to spend more time with their grandchildren, and when you read between the lines, the fair boards agreed according to numerous social media posts. The Kai family took over the lease on the racetrack in 2019 and oversaw the reconfiguring of Davenport into the quarter-mile oval that fans love today. A lot of improvements have been done to the facility overall outside of the track reconfiguration. I hope that great promoters take the track over next season. Davenport has become, in my estimation, the best track in the country for super late model racing, ranking right up there with Fairbury, Port Royal, and all the other tracks producing excellent super late model racing. Hopefully, there will be many more years of great racing at the track. If you look at racetracks that have fair boards involved, there are many examples of failures along the way, but there are also examples of successes, Port Royal and Knoxville being the two shining examples. On Monday, the question still remained, what is happening with Macri Motorsports and Anthony Macri? As we all know, Macri Motorsports owner Nick Macri had a falling out with his son, Anthony, a while back that led to Lance DeWeese running the car at the Eldora Million. After the Million, DeWeese was fired from his Kreitz racing ride and replaced with Logan Wagner. Justin Sanders was named the driver for Macri Motorsports, but the agreement for the team went through the Jackson Nationals, which have now come and gone. Since then, we haven't heard anything on whether or not Sanders would continue with the team or not. This past weekend, Sanders was not in the car. DeWeese has continued to drive for Macri Motorsports in central Pennsylvania over the past several weeks, including last week while Sanders drove another car on the road. After Anthony Macri left the family-owned team, he filled in for Tyler Courtney with Clawson Marshall Racing, as well as with the Indy Race Parts car for all High Limit Sprint Car Series events. Courtney has now been back behind the wheel for two weeks, leaving Macri with only the Indy Race Parts ride, which is in fact a part-time ride. But this past weekend, we did see him at the Dirt Classic, and I'm sure he'll be at the Tuscarora 50 in that car this, this coming week. While we did not see Sanders this past weekend, DeWeese did race the Macri Motorsports car at both Williams Grove and Lincoln. Is DeWeese now the full-time driver for Macri Motorsports? Does Zachary, Anthony Macri have a ride moving forward outside of the Indy race parts time? Is Justin Sanders moving on to another opportunity? Lots of questions with very few answers are surrounding Macri Motorsports at this very moment. It's crazy to think that a driver as successful as Anthony Macri doesn't have a full-time ride every single weekend. On Wednesday, a driver announcement came out for the Dirt Classic at Lincoln the, the, this week that it was Lance DeWeese behind the wheel of the Macri Motorsports 39M machine. And we also saw where it mentioned that on his T-shirts would be for sale at the Tuscarora 50. So at least through the Tuscarora 50, Lance is going to drive the car. But right now, with it being a lone car, it does look like Justin Sanders is going to run some of those because it, it says that he will pilot the car for the remaining high-limit sprint car series events as well as the Kevin Gerbrecht Classic event at BAPS. On Tuesday, I saw an article on Dirt on Dirt about Matt Cosner's fourth place run at Port Royal the other weekend in the Rumble by the River. Working at Port Royal, I got to see Cosner's career best Lucas Oil full field finish firsthand. I have to say I was impressed. 
Cosner has been on an uptick as of late, running second in the previous week's super late model feature at Port Royal and two top top five finishes in split field preliminary night features at Florence during the North-South 100 weekend. When wondering where the speed all of a sudden came from, Dirt on Dirt led out the journeyman mechanic, Cody Mallory, who has had a lot of issues off the track that have been well documented, has been helping Cosner as of late. So a lot of it makes sense. It seems that anywhere Mallory goes, good finishes follow for the team he is working with. And right now, Cosner is the beneficiary to Mallory's mechanical brilliance. On Tuesday night, Stuart Friesen took the victory at the Blast at the Beach for the Short Track Super Series in Georgetown over Ryan Godown, Matt Shepard, Ryan Crachin, and Brandon Garasso. Friesen dominated the event after starting dead last in his heat and driving into a redraw position. The Short Track Super Series does not qualify, but uses a pill draw for the heats and a redraw for the feature. Fans are appreciative of this, as many of the series' events are run in the middle of the week. Guys like Friesen and Shepard, being at most, if not all, of the events, are welcomed, and the series does create a lot of action and a lot of passing for the fans in the stands. On Tuesday, the entry list for the Gold Cup at Silver Dollar for the World of Outlaws was released, and the surprise on the entry list was that Chase Randall would be driving a team car to Kyle Larson with Paul Silva preparing the car. This is a great opportunity for Randall, who is impressed this season winning the 360 Sprint Car Track Championship at Knoxville, as well as being ultra-competitive in the 410 Sprint this season, including being fast in almost all of the high-limit Sprint Car Series events to this point. It'll be interesting to see if Randall can turn this into something more with Paul Silva in the future. On Wednesday afternoon, Anthony Macri put out a Facebook post in an attempt to clear the air about the reason why he split from his family's Macri Motorsports team. Anthony says that the biggest reason for his split is that he was burnt out. He mentions the rumored t-shirt money grab as being garbage, as he put it. He points to the many days in the shop on top of a 90-race schedule as being reasons for him being burnt out. This goes on top of a similar post that was made by Jacob Allen about his reasons behind stepping away from the Shark Racing team. There are also rumors as to why Allen stepped away. Anthony also mentioned that working with family at such a high level of competition can be very stressful and hard on relationships. Anthony, in the past, has been known to run more than a few people off that worked on the car due to what was reported as him being hard to work with. I do remember Anthony doing an interview after leaving the team where he stated that he chose to leave the team due to a disagreement. And right after he left, he was with Klaus and Marshall Racing. So this might just be to save face. So I don't know if I'm completely buying the burnout talk. I'm not sure if I necessarily buy this explanation from Macri. Saying you're burnt out and that's the reason why you left the car is all well and good, but why immediately after leaving the ride would you jump in two other cars? As soon as he announced he was out, Klaus and Marshall Racing became his full-time ride, and any race parts became his ride for the High Limit Sprint Car Series event. That doesn't sound like being burnt out to me. If this post came out immediately after, maybe there's more understanding, but the facts are he left the ride and then had another full-time gig. This information only came out after he lost that full-time ride due to Tyler Courtney returning from injury. I'm not sure what is true or not in the Anthony situation, but I do know that there was one of the most successful teams in the country prior to the team split. If Anthony does end up coming back, I'm sure he will be in line for many top-notch rides, but it does at least sound like his relationship between him and the family-owned team is fractured to the point that they may not be able to mend that relationship, which at the end of the day is truly a shame. In yet another ride change, it was announced Wednesday that Carl Bowser would be piloting the McCandless Motorsports 29 car for the rest of the season with the All-Star Circuit of Champions. This is after Cy Lynch split with the team to, to run his family-owned car again. I'm not sure what I think about this move, but McCandless has had several drivers just this season alone. On Thursday night, Sheldon Hodenshield picked up the win on night one of the Skagit Nationals for the World of Outlaws over Brad Sweet, Gio Selzy, Tanner Holmes, and Spencer Baston. 
Hide and Shield won the event from a 16th starting position, which is the deepest anyone has started and won a World of Outlaw feature event this season. Prior to that, the deepest anyone had started and won was Brady Bacon when he won the Tri-State race earlier this year from the 8th position. On Friday night, Brent Marks took home the win in the Jim and Sandy Klein tribute race at Williams Grove over at Anthony Macri, Danny Dietrich, TJ Stutz, and Brian Brown. Kerry Madsen took the win on the opening night of the Attica Ambush for the All-Star Circuit of Champions over Tyler Courtney, Kyle Reinhardt, Seb Wise, and Craig Mintz. Mason Ziegler won the Labor Day 55 for the ULMS Late Models at Bedford over Matt Cosner, Colby Fry, Kyle Hardy, and Jeff Ryan. Brandon Shepard won the World of Outlaws Late Model Series event at Mississippi Thunder over Bobby Pierce, Ryan Gustin, Kyle Bronson, and Chris Madden. Rico Abreu was the winner on night two of the Skagit Nationals with the World of Outlaws. Sheldon Hodenshield, Corey Day, Donnie Schatz, and David Gravel rounded out the top five. The night before the Lucas Oil Dirt Series competed at Portsmouth, they ran an unsanctioned 10,000 to win show, and Ricky Thornton Jr. was the winner over R.J. Conley, Brandon Fouts, Rod Conley, and Shannon Thornsberry. On Saturday night, Ricky Thornton Jr. won the Lucas Oil Dirt Series race at Portsmouth over Devin Moran, Dalton Wilson, Brandon Overton, and Hudson O'Neill. Seb Wise won the Attica Ambush for the All-Star Circuit of Champions over Tyler Courtney, Kerry Madsen, Kyle Reinhardt, and Chris Wyndham. Bobby Pierce won the World of Outlaw Late Model Series show at Deer Creek over Brandon Shepard, Dustin Sorensen, Kyle Bronson, and Ryan Gustin. Devin Borden won the fair opener at Port Royal over Hunter Schurenberg, Steve Buckwalter, Logan Wagner, and TJ Studs. Greg Satterley was the winner of the Butch Renniger Memorial at Port Royal for the ULMS Late Models over Trevor Feathers, Rick Eckert, Tyler Emery, and Dan Stone. Freddie Raymer won the opening night of the Dirt Classic at Lincoln over Brent Marks, Anthony Macri, Danny Dietrich, and Justin Peck. Brad Sweet won the Skagit Nationals for the World of Outlaws over Corey Day, James McFadden, Buddy Kofoid, and David Gravel. Andy Piketty won the Mr. Dirt Track USA event at Lebanon Valley for the Super Dirt Car Series over Matt Shepard, J.R. Hefner, Adam Pearson, and Eddie Marshall. On Saturday night at Super B Speedway in Louisiana, Yancey Martin, who was the track official in charge of track prep, died due to injuries sustained when he was struck by a car that was flipping out of the track near the pin entrance. This is a tragic turn of events, but a reminder to people in the pit area to please always be aware of your surroundings. It's good that these things don't happen more often, but the fact that they happen at all is still tragic. On Sunday night, Brent Marks won the Dirt Classic at Lincoln over Danny Dietrich, Troy Wagaman, Corey Eliason, and Justin Peck. Dietrich slid Marks on the final corner, but made contact with the outside wall, allowing Marks to beat him back to the line. Ryan Timms won the USAC Midgets show at Angel Park over Gavin Miller and Jay Davidigian, Logan Seavey, and Daniel Whitley. Matt Shepard won the Short Track Super Series race at Utica Rome over Billy Decker, Rocky Warner, Andy Piketty, and Jimmy Phelps. Brian Brown won the 410 Sprint Force portion of the Labor Day Special at Sealands Grove over Dylan Sisney, Ryan Smith, Blaine Heimbach, and Lucas Wolf. Rick Eckert won the Super Late Model portion at Sealands Grove over Jeff Ryan, Dylan Yoder, Sean Jones, and Dan Stone. Jonathan Davenport won the Hillbilly 100 at Tyler County for the Lucas Oil Dirt Series over Dalton Wilson, Brandon Overton, Ricky Thornton Jr., and Hudson O'Neill. On Monday, Dylan Sisney picked up the win in the Labor Day Classic at Port Royal over Anthony Macri, Brian Brown, Gerard McIntyre, and Parker Price Miller. Word came out this week that Brandon Shepard would be driving Kevin Rumley five car this weekend at the World 100. Something tells me that's a hint that Shepard will be the next Longhorn house car driver. Logan Seavey won the Fireman's Nationals at Angel Park for the USAC Midgets. Jay Davidigian, Justin Grant, Zach Dom, and Taylor Reimer rounded out the top five. Big week here this coming week with World 100 and Tuscarora 50 going on. I'll go with Davenport, Thornton, and Pierce as the World 100 favorites, and I'll pick Pierce for the win. 
At Port Royal for the Tuscarora 50, I think it's wide open with so many guys that can win and Macri returning in the 71 car, but I'll go with Brent Marks for the win. That does it for this week's episode. If you like what you hear, follow us on whatever app you use to listen to your podcast and follow our Twitter page at Live Dirt Updates. Give us a rating and a review and we would greatly appreciate it. See you next week right here on Dirt Track Weekly.